We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Napa know-how. The Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Way early this morning, Brad Higdon shared a major spoiler alert from everyone's favorite hit show, Sad Emojis, to express his feelings about the plot twist and a playlist he made to drown out his sorrows? Dude, oversharing alert. Brad, Geico has something worth sharing with those who haven't defriended you. Like how you could save hundreds on your car insurance at Geico.com. So stop moping about the post-apocalyptic world and start saving in the real world. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code RotoWire when you first deposit for a free contest entry today. It's Wednesday, December 16th, 2015. 
Multimedia sports personality Joe Bartle here, joined by RotoWire's own Mike Doria. Yeah, uh, one trick pony. <laughs> what do you unlike, mean, one trick unlike pony? Unlike you, multimedia sports personality. I, you just can't be as awesome as me sometimes. That's all, Mike. Yeah, well, it's it is the big time, Joe, and welcome to it. Well, big time in the sense that it's playoff time for just about everybody. Yeah, le- like last week, there were still some uh, things that needed to be settled on that front. But uh, I think you're, if you're in season long leagues, you're either in or out of the playoffs now. And yeah, it's uh, it's the time of year where you can't uh, make those like. Uh, lame mistakes of forgetting to start someone or uh you know somebody that's injured or or whatever you got to pay close attention here because uh there's no turning back if you make a mistake chances are you're not in the playoffs if you make those mistakes repeatedly well that's true but there 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 is a lot of moving parts this week as we're going to uh, jump into with all the injuries that have happened so what was reality in fantasy football last week uh, in in several cases it's it's been torn apart and uh you know, I guess that that's of note because there's suddenly three or four running backs out there that are worth bidding on in free agency uh, or or grabbing, uh, you know, via waivers. I, I, by this time of the week, a lot a lot of those have already been processed. But uh, for example, in the Rotowire Stake League, the uh, free agent bidding doesn't get processed till Thursday. So I'm I'm not going to reveal all my bids. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, there's uh, there's there was a lot of. Um, churn this week that that yielded some some players that are going to be the guys that were worth nothing a couple of weeks ago these are the guys that are going to be winning titles for people that's the frustrating thing is that for most of them we don't know for sure there's not a given there's two or three guys that could be competing for that role and I, at least for me it's frustrating that i can't figure <clears throat> out who it is at this point yeah and then there's just players that uh they're just they're they're, they're gone they're done for the season yeah, you're you're looking at the Fozzie Whitaker time now. Well, we're gonna we're jump, you're jumping the gun on that one now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mention his name every week, and this this week it's actually uh, pertinent. It's true. Well, before we get to Fozzie Whitaker and the rest of the merry band of injured running backs, uh, the Twitter universe is back again. We'll be mixing in a few tweets as we go along, uh, but we're gonna go ahead and address those big injuries first, and then go down the line just as usual with the games that come first in the schedule. Sound good, Mike? Sounds good, Joe. Go. For All it. right. So Thomas Rawls probably. One of the biggest injuries last week, I would say the biggest injury, he was placed on IR after fracturing his ankle. Um, and I just can't get a handle on the situation for the running backs. Thought it might be former Packer Dwan Harris getting the start. He had a lot of carries in last uh, last week's victory. Then it looked like it was Bryce Brown who they signed off for agency. And now it could be Krista Michael. What is going on, Mike? I, I'm <laughs> losing my mind right now. Please well, help. Mean, t- Thomas Rawls, as, as, as we all know, was kind of like the found money, the, the, the golden ticket of fantasy. Um, you know, once Marshawn Lynch got hurt, Rawls effectively replaced him and, and went from a guy that was an undrafted free agent uh, who, you know, most people weren't even thinking about him making the team entering the season. They were thinking Robert Turbin. They were thinking Kristen Michael. And then the next thing you know, when, you know, Lynch has the health problems, uh, he steps in, runs a lot like Marshawn Lynch, and uh, you know he was he was a very key cog in uh, Seattle, maintaining a nice balanced offense, getting on a bit of a run here. So it's a tough break for them. Uh, how does it affect fantasy owners? Obviously, uh, you'd have to think that uh, the Seahawks' passing explosion of late is going to have to continue because they their their running game's a little a little shaky right now. 
And who do you start if you're a fantasy owner? Uh, there's none of those guys I would target in, in daily leagues because uh, options include um, <laughs> Bryce Brown, as you said, Kristen Michael, uh, Fred Jackson's around uh, for passing downs a little bit. I think Derek Coleman might get some touches. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say maybe this week Bryce Brown sees more carries. He's just been around the team a little bit longer, you know, very recently than Kristen Michael. But, of course, Kristen Michael has plenty of history with the Seahawks. So really, not really targeting any of those guys in uh, in daily leagues. In a season-long league, you just want to, if you have to start one of them, it's got to be Brown or Michael. I'd probably lean for Brown right now, but uh, not feeling that great about it. And, uh, you know, more more of a wait-and-see approach. See what happens. And then if you're still alive in Week 16, maybe one of those guys is usable. It seems like that they're leaning towards Brown. But I, I'll ask you this question. It's not really for the season long. But if one of those running backs, whether it be Michael, Brown, Harris, well, Harris can't because he's released, or Jackson, uh, it gets announced that they are the official starter, would you then use them for DFS purposes? They're against I mean, the Browns. Yeah. That's it's a nice matchup, um, but official starter sometimes doesn't mean a whole lot in um, you know real and in fantasy football. You know, it's the the guy who touches the ball first or the guy who's in the backfield for the first series. In this case, I think it's it's going to be some form of committee. If a hot hand emerges, then they might they might roll with that. Um, you know, I think maybe we might get some hints uh, as the practice week progresses. So definitely don't make your decision on Wednesday, like right now. Um, Pete Carroll, he's he's not quite the state secrets uh, kind of guy that Bill Belichick is. He might, it, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow, you know, he he said something that would give you a, a better hint of the uh, the carry distribution. Um, and, you know, so just, just follow Rotowire, follow the uh, the Seattle beat writers. But it's gone from a very stable situation to to one where you're you're basically throwing a dart. So, Thomas Rawls uh, owners, hope hopefully they had uh, Plan B. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's it 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 may, it may end quickly in the playoffs. I feel like Thomas Rawls was the Plan B. He was a very good Plan B, but he was the Plan B. And at least in my situation, I was looking around for who who could be that Plan C, I guess. And it's just frustrating that we don't have an answer quite yet. Yeah, I mean. We don't have a plan C out of the Seattle backfield, but there is plenty of, you know, if you lost Thomas Rawls, I, I don't think that your best best to replace him is going to be to find out who is going to, uh, you know, be the, the guy in Seattle. I mean, other teams, as we're going to discuss, uh, lost running backs for, you know, the season or, or probably for this week. So there's going to be a handful of guys out there that are available on the waiver wire or were that uh, – that are probably going to have a clear path to a uh, more stable workload than any of those Seahawks guys you mentioned. Well, another one of those running backs that did get injured last week was Carolina's Jonathan Stewart. He sprained his foot in the domination of the Atlanta Falcons last week, but he's already ruled out for this week against the Giants. So, Mike, guess what time it is. Okay, so I heard, I jumped the gun with the Fozzie Whitaker talk, and, uh, you know, again, I, it's not that I ever thought that Fozzie Whitaker was going to be a a, a star in, in, in real or fantasy terms, but I just several weeks ago just picked his name out of the random hat as a guy who just by virtue of being a backup uh, in a to a running back in a good offense, 
a running back that uh, has had some injuries in the past. Just a guy that could emerge down the stretch. And here we are. It's week 15, and he's a candidate to start. Um, that said, Mike Tolbert, the, the big dude, is in the mix. And uh, let's not sleep on uh, Cameron's art artist Payne. He's been um, an, an inactive in, in many of the uh, Panthers games. But it would not surprise me if uh, he, he gets involved in the offense this week. Um, I mean, I think Whitaker probably does start. But uh, if, he, if he's not effective out of the gate, Artis Payne might, might surprise us and, and possibly even be the guy who gets the most carries. I mean, he, for me, he has the most upside. I was know? just going to say the same thing. I think that Whitaker will probably get the start, but I think it's Cameron Artis Payne that if you're going to pick one of those Panther guys, he's the one to go with. I mean, if, you're, if you really want to roll the dice on that situation, uh, if you want to play the, the, the safe dice... <laughs> It's uh, Fozzie Whitaker. If you want to swing for the fences, Cameron Artis Payne. But uh, that's more of a daily play. I, I would really not be happy about starting any of those players in a season-long um, format just by virtue of the fact that they're it, – it wouldn't surprise me if there's some com committee in play. And whenever you're, you're trying to figure out how the committee is going to shake out, it's just not a comfortable situation, uh, you know, when you're picking starting running backs in season-long leagues. If you're looking at daily formats and there's like a ridiculously low price and you just want to like swing for the fences on a, you know, lottery ticket running back, it's it's more, you know, justifiable, I think. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And we'll get to more Panthers conversation a little bit later. I know Greg Olson's also on the docket because he was injured in that victory. I wonder if there's going to be a situation where if the Panthers get ahead against the Giants this week, that you could see both Whitaker and Artis Payne become effective fantasy running backs just because they'll be running the ball most of the time. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into the territory where, like, we have to start wondering how the, the Panthers are going to handle things on a week-to-week on -week basis. Uh, they're undefeated right now, um, and I, I think, obviously, when they get big leads, as, as you say, if, if that does occur, they, they might be a little bit more uh, prudent with uh, some of their key players. Um, and not uh, run them into into the ground, so to speak. And then, you know, looking beyond week 15, uh, you, you have to wonder how they're going to handle things. You know, if they're faced with that, you know, do we go for it? Don't you know, or do or do we play it safe? Um, we're getting into that territory where there's going to be a few teams with uh, various things to play for or not play for in weeks 16 and 17. I agree. Another one of those running backs injured, TJ Yeldon. He sprained his MCL, looked like he initially wouldn't play this week, but then Coach Gus Bradley said, quote, I've seen him really progress, end quote. What's happening here, Mike? Well, uh, you know, the sprained MCL, it's pretty rare that a guy is, a player is able to quickly rebound to, to play the next week. It's not unheard of. Uh, I, I, would, I would imagine that Yeldon is closer to doubtful than questionable at the moment, um, if he's a fantastic healer, uh, you know he could he could show up by the end of the week listed as questionable. Maybe emerges a game time decision. But given how well uh, Denard Robinson uh, performed um, in relief of T.J. Eldon this past weekend in their destruction of the Colts, <laughs> um, I, I don't think they're going to rush Yeldon back. Um, they don't really. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of upside to that. And they do have a capable backup that can at least step in for 
short periods of time and be effective as, as he was last year. And that's, you know, Denard Robinson. We have one more running back situation to address, but would you say that Denard's uh, situation is probably the most favorable of the four? I mean, if it, if it by the end of the week it's looking that Ye- like Yeldon is not going to play, I do like his clear path to carries. I do like his experience as a starter. I like the fact that he's been effective in that role at times. So, yeah, that, that, that looks like a good one. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not like the Jags are going to put up uh, 51 points every week or, or anything like that. But uh, at least, you know, if, if Yeldon is, in fact, out, there is a guy who will be, the, you know, who'll, who will head that backfield. Whereas the couple situations that we talked about at greater length involve committees, and no one likes a committee at this time <laughs> of year. LeGarrette Blunt was the other one I was alluding to, the other running back. He was placed on injured reserve after sustaining a hip injury during Sunday's victory over the Texans. Yay, win for the Patriots. We're on to Tennessee. <laughs> on to Tennessee. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Is there actually a Patriots running back that you want to own at this point? Well, I mean, by default, uh, right now it's Brandon Bolden. Um, I mean, Brandon Bolden and James White are currently the only two running backs that the team rosters. Um, and... James White has done some damage in the um, in the passing game, but it's it's clear that they don't view him as an every down back. I mean, even even Deion Lewis was perceived as a passing only back at the beginning of the season. They ended up giving him a bunch of carries. I, I don't think they want to go there with James White. Uh, so I think Brandon Bolin, who's more of a Swiss Army knife kind of guy, can do a little bit of everything. Maybe not great, but his versatility uh, has kept him on the roster for a while and. Uh, you know, I think he's going to lead the way, but it's it's going to turn into a week-to-week game plan type situation. Uh, I think that, you know, the injury is fresh, the situation is fresh, so I think that Bolden probably gets it this week. Patriots signed Monte Ball to their <laughs> practice squad, but I'm not, I don't know, I'm, I'm hearing some things about him uh, probably not being ready for prime time in terms of blocking and per, per, perhaps conditioning, so... Even though he has the, the you know the name recognition, the fact that he was a second round pick, um, people are thinking, ah, oh, the Patriots, Monte Ball, it's it's going to click. Uh, maybe it will down the road, but obviously not this week. Um, needs to get up to speed with the offense. He's on the practice squad. Uh, the, the more interesting note is that they kicked the tires on Stephen Jackson. Now, there's not a signing that has been announced or even imminent Uh, I guess it really depends on how he looked in his workout you know sometimes the Patriots just sort of do the due due diligence on free agents and they're not you know they're just compiling a list and just seeing who who's around who looks good and all that so I'm I'm not sure but you never know if uh, Steven Jackson kept himself in good shape uh, away from uh, the football field and away from the hits it might be interesting, uh, you know, because Legarrette Blunt last year, after he kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> worked his way out of mel- the last melted down in, yeah. uh, in in Pittsburgh, um, you know, that was a bit of a rags to riches story there. And uh, I, I like Stephen Jackson; always have um, his his issue oftentimes with staying healthy. Um, I mean, now I mean, Father Time's not on his side yeah. right now either, but. You know, with that in mind, uh, either he's toast or maybe the time off, uh, you know, could put him in a situation where his body's fresh and, and, and he might 
be good for one last playoff run, but he's not a, he's not even on the team yet. So uh, we're talking about a hypothetical here. That's it for the running backs. I mean, that's a plethora of people that. Well, that was a lot of alliteration there. A plethora of people. That's a that's a big group of running backs that went down that could affect the playoffs. And I know there's also two quarterbacks that injured or were injured during last Sunday's matchup. One of which, Andy Dalton, he fractured his thumb after tackling a defensive lineman uh, after throwing an interception, and he's effectively done for the fantasy season. AJ McCarron is now taking the reins for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean. Dalton is ruled out this week, and beyond that, Mar- Coach Marvin Lewis calls him week to week, but it, it would surprise me uh, if Dalton played before the playoffs at this stage. Uh, so A.J. McCarron, who considers himself a Tom Brady type, as uh, draft observers did uh, to, to a certain degree in the year that he was drafted, um, you know, he takes the reins, as he said. Um, you know, there's a reason that he was backing up. Andy Dalton, he's not as good or experienced as Andy Dalton, uh, at least proven to be. But, you know, uh, with A.J. Green, uh, Tyler Eifert, if he's healthy, um, you know, guys like Marvin Jones, Gio Bernard out of the backfield, he does have some good weapons, and, um, you know, it's a good team in general. So it's not a complete train wreck situation. Uh, I mean, if you had Dalton and you were scrambling for a replacement in a season-long league, well, there's your option. Um, he's presumably cheap in daily leagues, so maybe worth a dart. Um, it's it's not the worst quarterback situation um, for, for either the Bengals or for fantasy owners to roll the dice on. Did you get a chance to watch that Bengals-Steelers game? Not as much of it as I wanted to, but, the, you know, I, I, I do have a good feel for um, – I mean – McCarron certainly doesn't seem like the guy, the kind of guy who's going to be overwhelmed by the situation. He's a confident guy, played in a big program in college. Um, and, and like I said, he's he's got a good supporting cast. So he's in a decent position to succeed. I'm not guaranteeing that's going to be the case, but, um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it is a tough loss for the Bengals, but I don't think they need to pack up the season just yet, you know? Yeah. Well, I was asking because I, I watched some of it probably – close to the majority of it I was tuning in between the different games and I thought he actually looked okay I thought okay Alabama quarterback uh, he's not any good whatever I thought he looked all right I know he threw pick six and that was kind of a backbreaker for the game but I think with a week of preparation he could he could turn into a decent decent fantasy option I don't think anyone's using him at this point not in the playoffs at the, there's only four or five or six quarterbacks however many people are just left in your playoffs that are really options so I don't think he's going to be someone you put in there, but daily purposes, I think he could do well. Yeah, I mean, based on the price tag. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Hasselback also did not practice Wednesday due to back and rib injuries. He's really been beat up the last couple of weeks, and it's already been announced Andrew Luck will not play. So do you think Hasselback or clipboard Jesus Charlie Whitehurst is going to play this week? Well, um, Matt Hasselbeck did not practice today, but it was portrayed as rest. I mean, this okay. is a guy that's dealing with some nasty rib issue that's so bad that he had to, like, have his arm in a sling earlier in the week because it was creating spasms. Um, that said, um, Coach Chuck Pagano expects Hasselbeck to uh, at least try to practice tomorrow, and he still expects Hasselbeck to play this weekend. Uh, despite those positive words... <laughs> which make it sound very probable that Hasselbeck will start. 
it's certainly nothing I would bank on just yet. So just keep on tracking that situation. And I think maybe once Hasselbeck gets on the field, if he gets out there, feels good, there's no setbacks, probably by Friday he'd be listed as probable. But, um, yeah, it could go either way. Right now it's trending towards him starting, at least based on what uh, the coach of the team says right now. Well, it's tough to imagine him starting after what you just described with him in a sling and spasms. Like, that. Just that's all not good news at all. Well, the thing about rib issues – um, a lot of times it's it's a pain tolerance thing, and I think that's where he's at right now. If if he can handle the pain, uh, he can give it a go. And it is you know despite the not awesome record that the Colts have right now, uh, it's a huge game uh, with playoff implications. Meanwhile, Houston, um, Brian Hoyer is not going to play, so they're going with their backup quarterback. So um, you know just get. Get someone in there who doesn't make dumb mistakes, and uh, I think the Colts have a, a chance to win, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the Colts have talent. We'll get to a few injuries on their offensive side that could affect that talent, but that'll be a good game minus the backup quarterbacks. I think Hasselback just needs to have some of that chunky Campbell soup, and he'll be good to go. <laughs> Is there healing powers in that? I don't know. The commercials always made it look like he did. Huh. I guess I did. That was way back. That was when he was with Seattle. I'm pretty sure he did those commercials. I just remember the Donna McNabb chunky soup commercials, and I thought to myself, you know, he seems to be enjoying it, and as does his mom. But like, (laughs) and every time I eat chunky soup, it seems like a great idea. But typically, there's disappointment involved. We're not going to get any sponsorships from Chunky Campbell Soup now, man. We just ruined my dream. Except for that one time, (laughs) though. Tyler Eifert didn't practice Wednesday. He suffered a concussion against the Steelers last Sunday. So he also missed a game two weeks ago due to a stinger. Boy, he's got a lot of injuries right now. Bengals are kind of set to play in the playoffs already. Is he going to play this week? Yeah, I don't really have a good feel for that. That that stinger that he had a couple weeks ago that forced him to miss a game, they never really said it was... You know, they you know they were calling it a neck stinger, but in the back of my head, I thought, I don't know, man, maybe he got his bell rung there. And uh, so the fact that he got concussed and he's, uh, you know, he's didn't practice today, it's a little bit dubious. But uh, you know, he still got a couple of days to return to practice. Um, you know, obviously, if he's not doesn't practice at all by Friday, you can safely rule him out. And then uh, if you're really desperate for a tight end his backup Tyler Croft is an option (laughs) I hope there's other options at that point well yeah I mean it really just depends on how deep your league is you know in those 16 team leagues where everyone you know has a tight end and and tries to stash a backup on the bench then sometimes it's a you're hard pressed that's true and it doesn't help when there's another tight end Greg Olson who could be out Olson injured his knee during Sunday's shellacking of the Falcons. I'm finding fun words now for whatever that performance was that the Falcons put forth Sunday. Olsen didn't practice Wednesday. Is he going to play against the Giants? Well, I mean, I, during the game, they portrayed it, his, his uh, absence for, for the remainder of the game as uh, it's precautionary. Um, and, I mean, I think he could play this, this week, and if it was a playoff game, he would. Um, you know, we'll have to see about this one. It could emerge as a game-time decision. And I think the Panthers will go into every you know game down the stretch here with an idea of wanting to win the game. But if there's you know sort of a 
on the fence type situation, uh, they probably won't push it with their key guys. I mean, that's that's not really wise. I mean, they have they they they'd like to go undefeated, but they do have you know Super Bowl dreams, and and you don't you don't uh, achieve that by by rushing key players, you know, just for to win a game that really doesn't mean a lot in the grand scheme of things. It sounds like you think Eifert has a better chance of playing than Olsen. Is that correct? No, not okay. at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I've read that wrong horribly. Uh, no, I, I, I'm worried about Eifert. Just don't have a real good feel for, for it right now. You know, it's, it's too early in the week. Um, I mean, the, the week that he was inactive, the, you know, the Bengals website was very, you know, had a rosy outlook there. So, you know, the fact that he recently missed a game is a little bit, it's a little bit of a red flag. So I'm not saying that the injuries are related, but the fact that they happen so, you know, with uh, not that much time in between, it, it might just be time to tap the brakes on Tyler Eifert. Whereas I, I do think Greg Olson is probably not that banged up, but I, I don't pretend to, un, you know, know <laughs> Coach Ron Rivera's game plan there. But I did put forth the notion that maybe the if, if there's any doubt, um, you know, with Olsen, that they might play it safe. But if at the end of the week he feels great, then, you know, no problem. Riverboat Ron may have to make the decision whether the Panthers want to go for 16-0, but the Buccaneers and Browns, yeah, they have no such aspirations. Vincent Jackson's already been ruled out for Thursday's contest with a knee injury, and Brian Hartline was placed on injured reserve after breaking his collarbone. The Browns receivers, I mean, we'll get discussed a little bit more, but that's just a toss-up at this point. However, Vincent Jackson's injury does have some major implications for Mike Evans. Do you think that he's going to have more opportunities now, or will the Rams somehow, or yeah, the Rams somehow stifle him this Thursday? Well, I mean, I think right now, you know, with Vincent Jackson out. Um, they're probably going to have to force the ball to Mike Evans, maybe Austin Safarian Jenkins to a lesser degree. The, they have uh, Humphreys and, and, and Die as um, <laughs> bodies out there on the field. Uh, you know, they've, they've both made some plays, I guess, but uh, they, they really need to go to the, the big, tall targets there, um, the talented ones. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be silly for the Rams not to try to game plan Mike Evans out of the game. But uh, at the, by the same token, I think that, he is easily their best target uh, in the offense, and and they really they need to try to force it to him. Uh, alternatively, they can you know turn to the muscle hamster, <laughs> and they probably will. Uh, he only had 11 carries this last week, but I think uh, I think we'll get him going again. Well, I think that's probably a perfect segue to the Buccaneers and Rams. They will start off our slate of games that we're going to talk about Thursday night, 8:25 Eastern Time kickoff. However. Besides that Vincent Jackson injury, neither team really is dealing with many offensive injuries. I'm excited for this, that we have a Saturday night game. I don't have to watch any more college football. It's the Jets versus the Cowboys at 825 Eastern Time kickoff. Jets have a few relatively small injuries. Jeremy Curley and Devin Smith did not practice due to respective calf and knee injuries. Otherwise, they're pretty healthy. Healthy has been a good way to describe the Jets' passing game as of late. Are you surprised by the renaissance of the Lorax? Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's what I like to call him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I did see this uh, this outline here, and I had to look up Lorax <laughs> to know what that was. And it, it looks like kind of a, a rodent creature with a Andy Reid mustache or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. 
uh, I mean, I think uh, Casey didn't uh, know. Uh, he he's gone from like full Grizzly Adams to like uh, just kind of scruffy. He, he trimmed it up a little bit, but he was full Grizzly Adams for a long time. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a Harvard man, and um, I mean, I guess that's how he. he Are you he, saying because he's went to Harvard, he can now grow a beard really well? That's well, what he, you're... he anyone with any you know degree of uh good economic sense knows that like shavers are like the biggest racket in the world you know so (laughs) so his beard is like a way to stand up against that is that what you're trying to say oh okay Um, but uh this is super inside information (laughs) anyway uh you know he's i I think the 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 main thing here is that um ryan ryan fitzpatrick has brandon marshall playing some good football and eric decker as well couple of solid weapons at the wideout position. And uh, Chris Ivory, at least last week, ran pretty well. So, you know, it just helps to have those kind of weapons and a defense that's uh, doing the job. And, and, the, and the Jets are quietly in the playoff picture. I think they're probably outside looking in when it's all said and done, just looking at their schedule and who, they're comp- or who the people are competing for the playoffs have to go against. But this is a huge game for the Jets. It really is. Well, I mean, it's uh, it looks like a pretty solid matchup for them. So, you know, you might want to just chalk, chalk them up for a, a victory this week. And, uh, you know, anything could happen down the stretch. Well, it helps when the Cowboys are missing Tony Romo. And besides Tony Romo, that's really about it for injury-wise. They've been a frustrating team, but haven't been all too injured as of late. We'll transition now to the 1 p.m. Eastern Time kickoffs on Sunday. First up, Panthers travel to New York to face the Giants. Panthers had seven players absent from Wednesday's practice. However, most of them were all due to rest-related issues, not issues, but just giving them a break. We've covered a lot of the major injuries for the Panthers above, and the Giants are relatively healthy heading into the match. So let me ask you, Mike, do you see the Giants knocking off the Fozzie Whitakers at I mean the Panthers <laughs> this Sunday. I mean it's it's possible the Giants are coming off a pr- a pretty big win there on Monday Night Football, and they are very much despite their I guess six and seven record they're very much in the playoff hunt, and um, they definitely have something to play for. Uh, the Giants are the kind of team you know they they frustrate at times, but you know the the, the Coughlin Manning combo has managed to come up with some pretty big wins here and there. And um, they're certainly not afraid of the spotlight. So it, it, it would be a classic Giants move to, uh, to knock off the Panthers this week. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh, it, it's not like a, a long shot, especially with the Panthers being a little bit banged up, as we have discussed earlier. Yeah, we touched on this earlier, but I really think that this is the time. If the Panthers are going to lose, it's this game. Otherwise, they're going undefeated. If they're going to lose, it's against the Giants. I really think that Eli... And Odell are going to do good things against the Panthers. I know Josh Norman's covering him, but Odell's a different talent. And the Giants will look his way. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no reason not to, and, and um, especially after what he did on Monday night. Um, I mean, I think that the Panthers will be wise to, to, to try to stop Beckham as much as possible. But uh, if they do that, then, you know, the, the one of the 17 running backs that the Giants uh, give the ball to might might do something, or you know, uh, got Dwayne Harris and Ruben Randall out there. So you know, 
if the the Panthers stack the deck, then uh, the you know the Giants could game plan it in their favor. Next up on the docket, Titans travel to New England. Titans have two injuries to note. Kendall Wright did not practice Wednesday with a rib injury, and Dexter McCluster was placed on injured reserve after breaking his wis- breaking his wrist last week. Sorry about that. Will Wright be right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, at practice today, um, interim coach uh, Mike Malarkey was saying that, you know, he's just not ready. He did some running this week. Uh, you know, if at this stage Wright is still not right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. He's, uh, he's looking pretty iffy. And, um, you know, I guess that means more chances for tight end Delaney Walker, receivers Harry Douglas, uh, Dorio Green Beckham. Um, I mean, really, uh, Delaney Walker has been a pretty reliable fantasy tight end. And, uh, if Wright, you know, stays out, um, that, that's, that bodes well for him this week. He had 13 targets in week 14, week 14 there. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that David Cobb or Antonio Andrews is going to benefit more with McCluster now on IR? Well, neither of those guys did anything in week (laughs) 14. Um, I mean, Cobb was a, uh, you know, his 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 uh stat line looks like a, a special offer <laughs> two for one two for one yeah and then so does antonio andrews for that that matter four that's for a eight. better deal that's yeah, a better that's deal a good deal <laughs> uh so you know andrews has had some success you know in past weeks but uh it, it wasn't there in week 14 and i mean it looks like bishop sankey is going to come back and I don't think he's going to lead the backfield, but I think that um, there's been talk that he would at least replace McCluster in, as the passing back option. So it's he's just going to join the committee that didn't do well <laughs> last week, and and you know like it wouldn't surprise me if one of those guys goes off in week 15. But are you really going to start a guy who had two carries for one? yard in week 14 or a guy that had four carries for eight yards not a chance you know like it's just it's just tough you just you you want to see them go off before you put them in their lineup and and not just say ah he's due the he's due strategy is is it's probably not what got you to the playoffs it's it's really good yeah absolutely not Danny Amendola with a knee injury and Julian Edelman were limited in practice Wednesday Edelman with that foot injury again are we going to see a return of Edelman this week well, the uh, my Patriots uh, injury report decodering is uh, is in the mail, uh, but uh, we need to get that here faster. Then, yeah, we, I, I'd like it by Friday, um, but that was an extra shipping cost. Yeah, we're cheap. We're not going to do that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was actually quite surprised that he that he returned to practice at all last week. Um, it was in a limited fashion. Uh, I was just thinking that you know they're they're just getting him out there for show, maybe. Just get him on the field so he can gradually work back. But at least in practice today, I mean, uh, he was officially limited. Um, some of the beat writers were noticing that he he didn't appear to be, you know, running with limitations. May not have been full speed, at least during the portion that they were able to view. But it's very encouraging uh, that, you know, Edelman is at this stage of his recovery already. Um not you know willing to say that he's going to play this weekend. Um, I don't. I mean, I have him in a. I, I re-picked him up in a few <laughs> leagues uh, when he returned to practice uh, last week. Um, it would still surprise me if he plays this weekend. But man, he's he's 
trending towards a week 16 return. And, you know, if things keep on going in the correct direction, well, you know, you know they're going to list him as questionable. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the week. Yep. And, uh, you know, just check those inactive Sunday morning. And, you know, I guess if he's active, he's worth playing because the Patriots typically, I don't know, they, they, they consider their roster spots pretty valuable and they don't usually, it's pretty rare that they would just throw somebody out there as a decoy or, or something like that. It's an interesting dilemma, but I, you know, when we first talked about Edelman, I thought for sure he's done until probably midway through the playoffs. The Patriots got to that point. I never would have thought that he'd be returning potentially week 16. So that's encouraging news for fantasy yeah. owners and Pats fans. It's it, And that's, again, potentially. Um, you know, I think if there's just any sort of residual pain that that he reports or they notice that he's just not quite at full speed, um, you know, they, they, they may end up holding him out um, you know, beyond week 15. But uh, I think no matter what, they'd probably like to get him some snaps before the end of the regular season. Otherwise, if they get a bye, then it's going to be a million years between games. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and if they're fighting for uh, a bye in week 17, then they might need him. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, it's 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 gone from like, yeah, just write him off for the whole season to, you know, maybe this week, maybe next week. But, you know, looks like at some point before the end of the season, we're going to see him. Bills travel to Washington. Charles Clay for the Bills did not practice with a back injury. And then Carlos Williams was also limited. What's going on with the former Dolphin tight end? Well, I mean, he's considered day-to-day by the team. Um, that's a legitimate day-to-day. Um, we'll, we'll know more by the end of the week. Um, Chris Gregg is the uh, next man up uh, among Bills tight ends. And... Uh, you can put him right there with a Tyler Croft uh, oh boy. in the dark <laughs> pile there. But, uh, yeah, um, just keep an eye out. Um, he's been a productive receiver at times for the Bills this year. Um, so, yeah, that's probably in the 50-50 category right now. On the Redskins side, Deshaun Jackson did not practice due to a knee injury. Is he going to play against the Bills? Yeah, I mean, uh, actually the uh, coach Jay Gruden um, kind of indicated that uh, that Jackson would probably be able to play, uh, but still definitely worth tracking. He's started off the year injured, and uh, now he's injured again. So uh, I think it was a patellar contusion or something like that was what they referred to his injury as. doesn't sound very fun, but it also sounds like more of a bruise-type thing than a structural issue. So um, it sounds like he's going to give it a go. Well, with the Redskins, uh, there really wasn't any other injuries to note, so this brings up an interesting Twitter question from Brittany. Thanks for listening to the show, Brittany. Brittany asks, Mike, would you consider Jordan Reed a safe start at tight end this week? Well, I mean, uh, caught all nine targets last week. He's had at least eight targets in each of his last four games. So, you know, tight ends, other than a healthy Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> are often a uh, bit of a bit of a crapshoot there, but I think that he is... He has established himself as a key weapon in that uh, Washington offense, and as long as he's healthy, which he is now, I think he's you know at least a top tight end, a top ten tight end at this stage of the year, which obviously, unless you're in an eight team league, <laughs> is enough to start him. Yeah. So that's uh, 
you know, sure, why not? And, um, you know, Jordan Reed, th- that was the thing uh, going into the season. He had the injury history, but uh, he's, he's been been keeping busy of late and um, should should help fantasy owners down the stretch. The Bills have a reputation as a pretty good defense, and they've been relatively solid against tight ends. According to ESPN, they're like the 12th best defense, so that doesn't concern you at all in this matchup? Not really, no. Okay. I mean, uh, they they need to, you know, if, if Deshaun is limited at all, uh, you know, it, passing game's going to run through uh, Jordan Reed and Pierre Garçon, and, and uh, you know, like I said, he had not, he caught all nine, ten of his nine nine of his targets last week he's he's on a bit of a roll and and you know eight targets in each of the last four games that's what you look for um you know tight ends who are getting snaps and targets we'll move quickly through this next game considering there aren't many fantasy implications for it uh injury wise or otherwise chiefs travel to baltimore two minor injuries of note for the chiefs spencer ware did not practice due to rib injury and DeAnthony Thomas did not practice due to concussion. They don't seem to be serious options for fantasy purposes, but what's going on health-wise with those guys? Well, I'm not sure I totally agree with you there. I mean, if, if Spencer Ware is, you know, declared out or it looks like he's going to be heavily limited, that is going to really boost the fantasy value of Trichandrick West. You know, they, they've been kind of splitting things of late, and that's hampered, uh, you know, the, the fantasy value of each of them individually. But if uh, Ware is unable to play through this rib issue, suddenly West gets that uh, that shine that he had before it became a bit of a committee there. So that's definitely, it's worth watching, especially if you're a West owner or if you're thinking about playing West in daily formats. If, if it starts to look like Ware is not going to play, then uh, West gets a nice boost. I wish there was like a east or north or south player also on the chiefs team just because there'd be a lot of fun jokes i can make (laughs) out of that uh but i'll stop myself short of going into that too deeply (laughs) where west you're like one last name away from some sort of who's on first type thing all right (laughs) the ravens uh marlon brown and crockett gilmore were unable to practice due to back injuries and matt schaub was limited with a chest injury could recently signed quarterback Ryan Mallett potentially play this week or even next week? <laughs> uh, this week, no. Uh, you know, Thank goodness. He needs more time than that to get up to speed with the, with the offense. But, you know, he's – it's funny. He He's kind of like a – at least stature-wise looks a bit like uh, Joe Flacco. You know, big, oh, yeah, big true. tall guy. Mm-hmm. Has the big arm, uh, but obviously Flacco – uh, is much more polished uh, professional than Mallet is at this stage. <laughs> uh, I mean, Matt Schaub is, pr- you know, he hopes to play this weekend. They still have Jimmy Clausen. Um, yeah, I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna play Mallet this week. Uh, and if you're in, you know, thinking about playing Matt Schaub against the Chiefs, good luck with that. Um, I mean, not, you know, I don't want to like diss him too bad, but like. There, that's that team. Unfortunately, has just been destroyed by injuries, yeah. and uh, he just doesn't have the supporting cast to to make it happen. So, I mean, he anything's possible. But um, you know, with with Brown and and, and Gilmore now banged up, S- Steve Smith long gone, Forsett long gone, uh, Dennis Pitt never even got there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's it's. You know, we, I was thinking that Buck Allen was going to have a, a, big, a big game maybe last week, even even against the Seahawks, and they they contained him. But I think 
that you know maybe he he, he might be your uh, your Ravens star this week. Um, you know I think he'll bounce back. Some of the uh, you know a couple of the Ravens receivers actually picked up some yards, but it was kind of in garbage time. You know, Kamar Kamar Aiken and uh, Jeremy Butler. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the the Seahawks. <laughs> they took care of business against yeah, the Ravens. They did. Next game up on the docket, Texans travel to Indianapolis in a terrific AFC South matchup. Well, it's a lot of, or there's a lot on this, lot on the line for this matchup. We already discussed Brian Hoyer has been ruled out due to concussion. T.J. Yates was going to get the start. Do you think Yates at quarterback is going to affect DeAndre Hopkins' uh, value in any way? Well, I knew that Yates had started a game earlier this season, so you know right away. I just this morning I I went to look and and see what the the results of that game were. I, I mean, I knew it was a win, but uh, yeah, in that game, DeAndre Hopkins put up a five one eighteen two touchdown uh, line uh, in a in a that's a good line week eleven <laughs> win over the Jets. And uh, you know, I mean, Nate Washington and Cecil Shorts are still around, but uh, he is one of the top receivers in football. Their their running game is a little bit sketchy right now, so I think that. You know their their best bet is to to try to get him the ball. Uh, it hasn't always been happening. Um, you know in the last last while there as much as it did in the uh, beginning of the season. But he's still their top weapon easily. On the Colts side, Dante Moncrief did not practice the toe injury. Bit of surprise listing, I guess. But what's his status moving forward? Well, he was spotted uh, wearing one of those uh, walking boots today. He's got a toe injury, as you said. Um, a little bit, little bit unclear there, uh, cloudy. But I mean, the Colts do have some depth at wideout. Um, they got Philip Dorsett back. Andre Johnson is still around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's available. You just want him to be good so bad. You're, you're trying. Well, you know, he's not on any of my teams anymore. But <laughs> no, I hope not. Yeah, but uh, you know, you, they got those two guys. You know, behind T.Y. Hilton. So um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think Moncrief had ten targets in Week 14. Um, but you know, the Colts do have that depth there and, uh, it's just a, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I could, I could do the hard sell on Andre Johnson, um, (laughs) against his old team. Oh yeah, true. And I want to say, and this, I did not look this up, but I want to say that one of Johnson's few good games this year was against the, uh, the Texans. I do remember that you're you're on with that. And, you know. I'm not going to say that, you know, he's going to get equally as fired up and pull another great game out of the hat. But if Moncrief um, ends up being out, um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Johnson absorbs a bunch of those targets and they kind of use Dorsett as, a, as a, an occasional deep threat. So uh, actually, you know, now upon reflection, yeah. Andre, Andre, Andre Johnson – could actually gain some utility. He uh, could be a sneaky DFS play. I didn't even think yeah. about that, but I he did do well against the Texans last last time they played. And if J.J. Watt does miss time, that means that 40-year-old Matt Hasselbeck might have a little bit more time in the pocket. Well, J.J. Watt's not going to miss time. Okay. But he's playing with that, that, that club thing that just, <laughs> uh, you know, he's still, he's still great and explosive, but it, it has to affect his balance. It affects his ability to, you know, get a good rap on the quarterbacks. Um, I mean, the, the Patriots caught a huge break last week because the one way that, that the Texans really could have toppled the Patriots last week would have been 
to get in Brady's face a little bit more. And obviously, J.J. Watt is capable of doing that when he's fully healthy. And, uh, you know, kudos to him for, for, for playing through that. But I can't even imagine, like, uh, you know, like, there's so many players that just get so messed up if even one thing's a little off. And he's playing with basically <laughs> this weird club thing on his hand, and, and it couldn't have been comfortable. Just two games left in the early afternoon slate. Falcons travel to Jacksonville. Also kind of a big game for playoff purposes. Jacob Tammy with the Falcons, he was limited with a back injury Wednesday. But, you know, he's been he's been on and off this season. However, will Julio Jones regain his early season form against the poorest Jag secondary? They're allowing 261 yards through the air, and that's good for eighth worst in the NFL. Well, I mean, you, few people have the luxury of bench, benching Julio Jones <laughs> unless he's, like, extremely banged up and you're afraid that he's going to be a decoy because I think they've done that before now and then in the past, but uh, there's no reason to uh, to bench him right now. And, I mean, Jacob Tammy, uh, you know, in fairness to him, he's actually, I think he's had four catches in each of, uh, you know, each of his last three games. Better than nothing. He's kind of the better than nothing tight end right now. <laughs> um, he, he did, he, he was like picking up the slack earlier on uh, when Leonard Hankerson was, um, you know, hurt and they were trying to fill that void and, they weren't really giving the ball to Roddy White. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jacob Tammy in those 16-team leagues, maybe. Maybe an option. Alan Hearns has been a great option all season. He didn't practice Wednesday with a thigh injury for the Jaguars. Um, is it kind of the maintenance sort of thing that we've been seeing before with him? I would think so. Um, I, you know, can't guarantee it that, you know, he didn't suffer some sort of unreported setback, but... Uh, you know, after seeing him get carted off, I think in um, week 13, I guess, um, he, he he came back last week. You know, he wasn't even on the injury report for a concussion. Um, ended up listed as probable by Friday. Played played a full game as far as I know. So, yeah, I think there, before he had that concussion, there was times where he was either limited or they gave him a rest on the Wednesday. So as long as he returns to, you know, practice on uh, on Thursday, I wouldn't worry too much about that. Final game in the early afternoon slate. Bears travel to Minnesota. Minnesota, no real offensive injuries to note, but the Bears, they have two. Elshon Jeffrey was limited in practice Wednesday once again due to calf injury, while surprising tight end stud Zach Miller did not practice Wednesday with an illness. Are they going to be able to play Sunday? All right, well, Elshon Jeffrey's been in and out of the lineup all year. Uh, he was limited on Wednesday, so I would imagine that he's probably going to tough it out. I mean, especially with all the other injuries in that uh, wideout core, um, they, they kind of need him. And, I mean, it, that, that calf injury, I think that's there was there was one in play earlier in the year. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine he'll play. <clears throat> and Zach Miller, I mean, unless – if you're sick on Wednesday, unless you have, like, something incredibly nasty, like whatever Jamie – Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, that kept him out, I think, four games. Uh, unless you have something of that ilk, typically – you're going to play through it. Um, so I wouldn't worry about Miller's availability uh, on Sunday unless somehow he doesn't practice all week. But I think he'll return in in some capacity, um, you know, by the end of the week easily. Okay, good, good. So this is a selfish question here, I guess, for you, Mike. I'm in a huge matchup in my fantasy championship round in the, in the most important league that I consider. And I have Travis Kelsey on my roster right now. 
I could pick up Zach Miller. Would you rather start Zach or Travis Kelsey this week? The Chiefs play the Ravens. Well, you know, that's actually, to me, it's a bit of a toss-up. I think Kelsey, yeah, the, actually, Zach Miller, I think he has like five touchdowns over his last six games. Uh, I mean, ever since Mar- Martellus Bennett has been hurt, um, now, he's now on IR. Um, he's turned into a pretty reliable target in that offense. Uh, that's a really tough call, Joe. Um, I mean, I think the swinging for the defenses call is probably Zach Miller, mm-hmm. ironically, um, whereas Kelsey has been kind of quietly okay the last few weeks, but definitely I, I own him in the Rotowire Stake League, and it's been he's generally been kind of hit or miss lately, um, not finding the end zone as much as I'd like him to. I think I'm um, leaning towards Miller a little bit, and it's crazy to think because I thought Kelsey was a stud heading um, into the year. It's it's kind of like a, I don't know, like depending on my mood, <laughs> I might rank one of them, you know, like the number eight tight end and the other the, t- the number 10, and then five minutes later completely flip-flop them. Um, I mean, I think they're both startable this week, and, you, you know, I guess the – the final tiebreaker for you would have to be, well, who do you have to drop in order to pick up Zach Miller? Is it anyone that you care about? Uh, no, not in the short term. Like, no. Okay, so that is a legitimate option for you there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Too bad we don't have a magic eight ball. Me and Nick Whalen were talking about getting one of those <laughs> at the beginning of the year to answer fantasy questions that, that were kind of a toss-up like this one, and I would really like that magic eight ball right now because <laughs> then I would have given you a definitive answer. Well, since we don't have a magic eight ball, that means we have to move on to the next thing. And, well, the next thing just happens to be that fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 15, DraftKings will host yet another millionaire maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE. For a free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fancy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. And yes, the big time, Joe, you know what you did uh, to prove that you're in the big time? (laughs) What did I do? Well, Nick Whalen, uh, you know, all, all season long, I was only about 10% kiddingly uh, trying to get somebody or anybody to send Nick Whalen, the poor Jaguars fan, some, some <laughs> you know, Jaguars paraphernalia. Yeah. He's a, he's a Jags fan, and I just figured, well, you know, like, there might be some people wanting to, you know, get rid of some Jags stuff, or alternatively, some people that just like Nick and, you know, wanted to make him happy by sending him, you know, some Jags paraphernalia, and it finally worked. Yeah, I uh, saw that. Unless it was an elaborate, practical joke. Uh, it appears as though one of uh, one of our listeners sent uh, Nick a Byron Leftwich jersey, and uh, which I think is pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, that you know, thanks thanks to that listener, and uh, you know, you guys at the office got a kick out of that, and uh, as did Nick, and uh, and it, it I don't know, it was it was just a good week to be a Jaguars fan for <laughs> Nick. I mean, his team destroyed the Colts. He gets a jersey in the mail. Um, Jaguars pride, man. I think that was a really cool thing. I actually retweeted that when he sent that out. I think it's a cool, cool thing that the listeners are doing that, and 
looking out for Nick. He yeah, needs it sometimes. I, I should like you know I'm gonna stop reaching the handout, <laughs> but but that was that was nice and and uh, you know w- w- you're a medium right or you are large, well, large. And yeah you like the Packers yeah but, there you go that's all yeah. that needs to be said. Moving on to the second slate of games, 4:25 Eastern Time kickoff for all of these. We'll start out with. The Green Bay Packers. Traveling. Your Green Bay Packers. <laughs> My, yep. Mm-hmm. Traveling to Oakland. Both teams have just a few injuries to note, but one major one for Oakland, Amari Cooper did not practice Wednesday with a foot injury. He was held without a catch against Denver last week. Is he going to play against the Packers? I mean, my sense is that this is kind of a maintenance deal. Um, he, You look at the uh, the box score and you see the zero that, that Cooper put up last week and you think, uh, he must have been messed up. Uh, with his foot injury because he actually did have a foot issue on last week's injury report. But he was targeted eight times. He was on the field for 45 snaps. So as long as this is indeed a maintenance thing, and I think it probably is, he'll be back out there and definitely a candidate to bounce back this week against the Packers. Unfortunately, I have a feeling you're right on the bounce back part. Too much talent there, man. Too much talent. I know. On the Packers' side, Ty Montgomery was limited in practice with an ankle injury. He's had a hard time staying on the field, so it's kind of a hard thing to suggest that fantasy owners should start him in the playoffs if he's actually available. I mean, this has kind of turned into a bit of a redshirt freshman season for him there. Um, And I think they they really wanted him to, like, help bolster the uh, return game as a rookie and um, maybe, maybe help out a little bit in the wideout department. And then, of course, you know, Jordy Nelson got hurt and some other things happened. But more importantly, he's just got a nasty high ankle sprain. And I, I hear that guy a couple times a week on the radio and sounds like he's getting closer, but, like, there's no, like, yeah, I'm playing yeah. vibe yet. It's Yeah, I think he's probably 50-50 this week at best. And obviously you're not going to, like, roll him in Fantasy Island. No. Fantasy Island. and Fantasy lineups. (laughs) (laughs) And neither in DFS purposes. I think that Montgomery was taken in part to be kind of a Cobb 2.0. And while he might have that potential, he certainly hasn't been able to display it on the field yet. So it's just one of those things that Packer fans, like myself, are going to have to just look forward to seeing next year, more like. Yeah, or maybe in the playoffs he, you know, breaks off a kickoff return or something like that and – Everybody feels good about him going into next year. Browns travel to Seattle in what could be another bloodbath for the Seahawks. The Browns are just, they're hurting at a receiver, quite frankly. Andrew Hawkins did not practice again due to concussion. Marlon Moore was limited with a rib injury. And then Hartline, of course, was placed on IR. So will the Browns have any receivers left to throw to <laughs> by the end of the season? Well, I mean, they have Travis Benjamin. He had a you know a couple of good games earlier on in the season, so he's he's there. I guess he's a serviceable target for Johnny Manziel. Um, and then Tyler Taylor Gabriel uh, looks like he's coming back this week. He's not even on the injury report that I know of, and he enjoyed some decent success earlier in the season, back when Hawkins was in the mix. So. If he gets the start, he could he could be like he's a su- fantasy super sleeper this week actually, just by you know opportunity knocks. He's apparently healthy enough, and I I've given up on the idea that Dwayne Bow might actually get <laughs> you know like Terrell Pryor is more likely to to do something this week than Dwayne Bow, and you know there, there's that intriguing upside with Terrell Pryor, but definitely not anything you want to count on for from a fantasy perspective, but. Uh, Gabriel and Benjamin, um, I mean, last week before Hartline got hurt, 
he was putting up some pretty good numbers there. So, you know, starting wideouts in that offense, as long as it's doing something, there is some utility in that, fantasy-wise. Well, that's a bold call, I think, but I didn't really consider Gabriel. He could be an option, I suppose, if Benjamin is locked up with Richard Sherman all day. Gabriel might – Manziel has to throw somebody. Yeah, I mean, um, it's not like a suggested dart necessarily, but, like, I am in at least one league where, like, I need to find a wideout, and you know there might there might be some guys that I bid more on, but if I don't get them, then he's probably going to be a candidate for me to pick up and maybe even start. That's how deep that league is. Wow. On the Seahawks side of things, besides the Rawls injury, there is really only one other one to note: Luke Wilson. He was limited in practice Wednesday due to rib injury. I don't think that seemed to be too serious, at least from what I read. No, I was pretty sure that there was like a Star Wars joke coming out of that one. <laughs> oh, I name, should have. I guy's mean, name special. is Luke. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Luke, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go there. Okay. <laughs> All right, you can you can stay away from that. Uh, but I, I think he's going to be fine. He's been a serviceable tight end, at least not last week, though. He's been kind of Russell Wilson's safety blanket for other well, options, yeah. though. Things have been just been going bonkers with the, the wideouts yeah. there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Doug Baldwin... Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even Tyler Lockett looked great last week. Uh, curse, too. So, you know, as we discussed with the running game a little a little bit sketchy, I think that they're just going to keep on, you know, trying to maintain that momentum in the passing game. I mean, I think that earlier in the year we, like, you know, mocked the Seahawks' passing game, but it's uh, it's looked pretty good of late. Well, you're you're leading right into a great Twitter question from Matthias. He asks, can Russell Wilson continue to put up absurd number, numbers with Thomas Rawls now out? Yes. Yes. Short? For all the reasons, <laughs> for all the reasons that we kind of outlined, um, you know, in the first segment there of, the, of, of this uh, podcast and, and just now, I, I just think that, uh, you know, with the, the, the ground game a little bit uh, hamstrung by injury and just the, the way that those guys have been playing of late, um, those receivers and Wilson – um, yeah, it's just keep the momentum going. It's it's worked of late. Moving on, the Bengals travel to San Francisco. Besides Eifert and Dalton, no other major injuries to note for the Cincinnati Bengals. However, the 49ers, well, they have two semi-major ones. Torrey Smith did not practice with a back injury Wednesday, while Vance McDonald was limited in practice due to a concussion. Neither are huge fantasy options, but what's their status? Uh, you know, little... Little iffy on uh, McDonald there. Um, Torrey Smith dealing with some back spasms, I think. Probably not anything to be too worried about. But the thing that's more worrisome about Torrey Smith is that he never seems to catch more than a couple (laughs) passes a week. I mean, he occasionally breaks off a long, big play, which he used to do with Baltimore. But in a less potent offense in San Francisco, he's just really a feast or famine fantasy guy. So... Whether or not he plays, he's he's a total roll of the dice in fantasy these days. I agree with you, and I obviously I'm not playing him in a fantasy playoff situation at yeah. all. Yeah, and Vance McDonald had a couple of good games there um, after they got rid of uh, Vernon Davis. So he's just he's just a you know just a guy along yeah. with the the Jacob Tammy Tyler Croft <laughs> kind of guys right now. Um, yeah, tough tough guy to roll out in the in the fantasy playoffs. That's for sure. That's for sure. Miami, Miami Dolphins, they traveled to San Diego to face the Chargers. 
The Dolphins have a trio of important injuries that were limited in practice. Jarvis Landry with a knee injury, Rashard Matthews with a rib injury, and then Lamar Miller with an ankle injury. They all were limited. Are you expecting each player to be available this Sunday? Yeah, I don't think really there's much uh, doubt about either Jarvis Landry or Lamar Miller. I think that was just kind of limitations were were maintenance-related. Rashard Matthews missed their last game, um, so... I wouldn't say that he's a lock to play this week. He's, he's more in the 50-50 category. But uh, they do have, you know, Devontae Parker now, you know, in the mix. So even if he does play Matthews, um, I'd like to see him get a full and productive game back uh, in, the, in that lineup before I recommend plugging him in at this stage anyway. The Chargers have a pair of receivers that were hampered at practice. Stevie Johnson didn't practice due to a groin injury, and Javante Herndon was limited due to a shoulder injury. Are either player legitimate fantasy contributors right now, and do you expect either of them to play? I mean, Johnson was had a, a decent run when he was healthy, uh, but right now he's not practicing, and he's looking pretty iffy. Herndon um, caught a few passes last week uh, with both Steve Johnson and Dontrell Inman out in Week 14, but Dontrell Inman is back practicing fully this week. So it looks like he's good to go, probably start opposite Malcolm Floyd this week. And, uh, you know, with Philip Rivers as their QB, um, there, there was some uh, value to be had there with Inman before he got hurt. So uh, he's a guy that might have been dumped in some leagues, and um, assuming he continues to practice fully, he could be worth a chance this week. Final game in the late afternoon slate, the Broncos travel to Pittsburgh. This is going to be one heck of a game. The Broncos' C.J. Anderson did not practice today due to an ankle injury, and Owen Daniels also held out of practice because of a knee injury. What's the status of either player? I think the Owen Daniels thing is pretty much just Veterans Day off uh, at, at this stage. C.J. Anderson, um, the coaching staff believes that he's going to be ready this week, and, and after the way the, uh, the Broncos' uh, ground game was, was uh, contained in Week 14, I think if, if Anderson proves by the end of the week that he's good to go, um, he, he could mount a, a charge to reclaim that uh, top spot there. I mean, he was actually technically active in Week 14, but he didn't even see the field. It was, he was just out there kind of for emergency purposes. You know, he didn't practice all week last week. Um, but, you know, he didn't practice today, so we actually need to get him back on the field and, uh, you know... <laughs> But I mean, based on what uh, Coach Gary Kubiak said there, it sounds like they're gonna they're gonna try to give him a, a chance to uh, actually see some carries this week after putting him in uniform and then not using him last weekend. Do you see Peyton Manning playing at all this year? Um, I don't know. This week fifteen could be a rec- referendum for uh, Brock Osweiler. I mean, if if he plays well and uh, you know they win, it's gonna be tough to. Uh, to force Manning back in, but if if he struggles at all, then it's going to be easy to, you know, get Manning another chance. Um, Manning's back at practice now, um, definitely not ready, but could be as soon as next week. On the Steelers side, Heath Miller did not practice because of a rib injury. He made ten catches for sixty-six yards against the Bengals last week. So is this just a Veterans Day off kind of thing? We're, I think we're going to find that out tomorrow, uh, but. My guess is that it probably is, given his production uh, in his return to action last week. Okay. Finally, the Sunday night game, Arizona travels to Philadelphia. We've already discussed some of 
Arizona's injuries prior to in our other podcast, but Andre Ellington did not practice the toe injury. David Johnson's looked mighty good in his place, so what's Ellington's status? Pretty iffy, pretty iffy. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, if, even if he does end up uh, gaining clearance to play by the end of the week, it's hard to imagine him stepping into a you know a huge role right away there, especially with the way David Johnson has been playing. So it'd be a nice bonus for the Cardinals if they got him back. I mean, they're they're a Super Bowl contender, and uh, you know, getting Ellington when he's healthy, he can, he can be he can make some plays. Um, <clears throat> but I don't think that they're going to rush him back into a big big workload until he's ready for that. Especially the way, like I said, the way Johnson's been playing. Larry Fitzgerald was limited in practice Wednesday with an ankle injury. Seems to be a precautionary me- measure, but that kind of leads me to another tweet focusing on a different set of Cardinal receivers. This again comes from Matthias. He's had a great couple of questions that he sent us. Who's better, John Brown or Michael Floyd? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's not the it's not a complete no-brainer. They both had pretty good games last week. Uh, Michael Floyd's like topped 100 yards four out of the last five weeks. Um, I lean. I'd lean to uh, you know toward Michael Floyd over over John Brown, but John Brown's not a bad pick. I mean, uh, I guess that's probably like the context is probably daily leagues because it's it's never or dynasty leagues. It's never the greatest idea in the world to like you know put all your eggs in one basket. You know, like two two receivers from the, the same team. Um, I mean, I think the contrarian argument for that was when uh, people wanted to start both of the Packers tops wideouts last year but uh yeah that's that's a tough one but yeah Michael Floyd by a nose this in, in this particular instance on the other side the Eagles they had just one injury Jordan Matthews he was limited with the back injury precautionary but he's been a bit of a disappointment disappointment this season hasn't he well I mean he's his targets have been pretty modest over the last five games um especially for a guy that we had so much expectations for in that offense to start the season. And then you look at last week, and Aguilar and Cooper had more targets than him. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't want to write Matthews off. I mean, the, the Eagles still have plenty to play for right now. But, he's yes, he has been a disappointment. And, uh, I mean, if he's on your team and you're still in the playoffs, you might just have to go, okay, he's now my number three wide out, and I just hope to get something out of him. And, and maybe, you know, he – reaches that ceiling that, 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 that we thought he was going to reach earlier in the year. But, um, yes, I believe he's going to play this week. But, yeah, the, uh, the, the, the stud that, that we thought that we were going to have um, with him playing under the Chip Kelly system has just hasn't panned out of late. Absolutely not. Monday night game is the Lions at Saints. The injury report hasn't come out yet, so we'll let the Thursday night podcasters take care of that for us. Um, that means we're that's we're it. That's it. And we're done. Yeah, well, that's it. And uh, I think you're. I don't think that we're going to have this Wednesday podcast uh, next week, me and you. So uh, I will see you again in uh, I guess week seventeen, Joe. Week seventeen. That sounds good. And thank you li- for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast, listeners. It was brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code Roadwire when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out Rotowire for free 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. Anything else you want to say to the listeners, Mike? Well, good luck in your playoffs. Uh, I'm in a couple leagues that are, you know, have plenty plenty on the line this week. How about you? Uh, yeah, like I said, I have a huge championship matchup 
in one of my favorite leagues and then another family league were just starting the championship there. So a couple I'm also in the playoffs for hoping to make my way into that awesome position, that glory position. That's nice. <laughs> but uh, a lot on the line. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and, um, I hope hopefully a couple of them pan out and pay off some of those uh, Christmas shopping credit card debts. Well, we're paying off the college loans. That's what we're shooting for. <laughs> ah, well, uh, then you probably want to enter some high-stakes leagues, huh? Probably a few more, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, good luck, Joe, and good luck to uh, everyone out there who's who's listened all the way through. Uh, if you have listened all the way through, you deserve to win your, your leagues. If you fast-forwarded, not so much, though. All right, see you then. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.